Hello, old friend. And here we are. You and me. On the last page. Statues, the man said. Living statues that moved in the dark. But you don't believe that statues can move. And you're right, Mr. Garner. They can't. Of course they can't. When you're looking... New York is pleased by angels. Every time you try to escape, you get zapped back in time. The city that never sleeps. The angels will come. And I think they're coming for you. Doctor, what is it? What's wrong? Tell me. Why is it smiling? Displacing someone back in time creates time energy. And that is what the angels feed on. What the hell are you doing? The Discussing Network presents Discussing Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I am Kyle Jones, and I want to start by welcoming back Shannon Perry. Shannon, how are you? I'm good. So happy to be back, even though you're going to make me cry again. I'm not going to make you cry, because you know why I'm not going to make you cry? I'm going to not make you cry, except maybe happy tears, because I can actually now refer to you as... Not only the writer-producer of Oz 9, but also a comic book writer. You are a writer <laughs> of comic books. <laughs> Officially. Yeah, sort of. Yes, a little double-dipping there on the writing, but I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> hey, repurpose, 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 right? Cheers. Cool. Well, welcome back. We're glad, as always, to have you. Now we don't have to talk about you. We can just talk with you. <laughs> You know I'll listen to your show even if you don't say my name, right? <laughs> I really will. <laughs> Indeed. Well, I also want to welcome back someone who was not with us on last episode, and you were a million and a million and one percent missed, and that would be none other than Lee Shackelford. I'm back. And, and uh, for people who, uh, who are seeing this uh, on the Zoom video, you can see my Batman phone blinking in the background, which means Commissioner Gordon is calling me, and I'm ignoring him for the duration of this call. Holy bat phone, Lee Shackelford. <laughs> <laughs> Priorities. Priorities, old chum. But <clears throat> but then I also just gave you a Vulcan salute, and I'm wearing my uh, Tom Baker scarf. So I've got, I'm crossing the streams like crazy. Yes. <laughs> just a little confused on the uh, Trek slash who slash... Ghostbusters. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But my, yeah, anyway. But yeah, I, I I just couldn't couldn't get it together for last week, so so I missed it too, but I look forward to hearing it. So Well, I will say that, you know, you may have could could not have gotten it together for last week, but for the gentleman who is not yet together for this week, because he is so excited <laughs> about next week for anyone watching the video, seeing the audacity of Clara this soon into the Angels Take Manhattan. And welcome back, Clarence Brown. 
Hey, man, glad to be back. And, um, you know, as we record this episode for our listeners slash viewers, yeah, uh, I am excited to talk about this episode, man. Even this though is... Jenna Coleman is not in it. No. Yeah, you know, <sighs> makes me sad. Yeah. Uh, but she's so close, I think you can smell her. That's probably not the best way to say that. Sounded better in my head. If I were only that lucky, let's be honest. (laughs) Fair. I think she smells like gingerbread cookies. Mm -hmm. Or souffles. Well, I will say this is weird for me because I'm looking at people and not looking at my notes. And this is really, really weird. But it's fun at the same time because <laughs> I'm seeing smiling faces. That's that's fun. So we do have a little bit of news that I want to go into. And I've already mentioned, Shannon, some news from you. But I will officially say for anyone who's listened to us talk about and hasn't heard us say the Oz9 Kickstarter was a complete success and Oz9 Comic is in production even as we speak. So woohoo. Yay. Very excited. So Very congratulations. Excited. Thank you. Thank you. And you just had a, a, a live event, too, for uh, some of your uh, patrons. Yes, we did. We had a live read-through, which was very fun. And the artist even showed up, Lucas Elliott, who yes. is awesome, showed up briefly and tempted us all with yet more treats. So, As well as the musician who also mm-hmm. showed up. Yep. Which yep. Was right. John awesome. Bailey. It's awesome. It was really everybody, wasn't it? Yeah. Hmm. What was really cool to me about that was seeing the people quickly change their voices. Loved watching Bonnie go back and forth between <laughs> and Eric going back and forth. That that was a treat in itself. And Bonnie even once forgetting that she was supposed to be Jesse and trying to be Donna. Yes. <laughs> yes. Being stuck in that mode. So Yeah, you can usually hear her whisper, Jesse, Jesse, <laughs> to get back into it. She's Scottish. Well, I will tell you what no one will forget is Lee and Clarence, I can say congratulations to you guys. And Lee, I'll point this to you. You guys have been like reaping the awards for relativity. Most recently, you were in the telly or received a telly. And I'm not talking television. So Lee, elaborate. It's very weird to me how um, it's like the rest of the world is still trying to figure out what to make of podcasts. (laughs) Because if you go to IMDb, if you look me up on IMDb, you'll find that one of my TV shows is Relativity. Well, Relativity is not a TV show. But we won an, an AVA Digital Award, which is an award designed for, for video. And um, and now Elena and I, God uh, bless her for putting our names in the hat. Um, yeah, we were honored with a telly for vocal performances. So that's... Sophia and Chris tipping their hats. Um, yeah, but it's the Telly Award. It just, anyway. I just there, like there the are, name of it. Yeah. There are legit podcasting awards, but anyway. Yeah. Well, maybe somebody out there knows something you don't. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. you're going to be a television show soon. Maybe or, so. Yeah. Maybe well, you I got cannot, lost in a wibbly-wobbly moment. <laughs> I said that to somebody not too long ago, talking about how expensive and difficult it would be to make a a film or TV show of relativity. And this is somebody who works in film and TV. And they said, actually, it wouldn't be that hard. Hmm. Really? Hmm. You have two major sets, actually. That's it. For the most part. Spoilers, but. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I mean, I think one of them would be insanely complicated, but the other one really pretty straightforward. 
You know, a wise gentleman once said, I remember something to the effect, and I'm, of course, talking about you, uh, that you can just take the same corridor and shoot at different angles and make different things. So lighting, angles, whatever. That, that's how we Are get away with making Netflix? it. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's that's how we, you get away with making a, uh, an Oz 9 film or TV show because it's been established in story that all the corridors look the same and <laughs> you can't know which one's which. So. <laughs> you know, and I did it to make it cheap. <laughs> exactly. And if, if everything looks like cardboard set up, blame it on G2. That's right. There you it, go. That also makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway... Well, that's the bit of news that I have. We do have one thing of feedback that I want to share. This actually came in about five days ago and unfortunately got picked up by the spam filters. And I just saw this earlier today, which is from a gentleman by the name of Michael from Toronto, Canada. And he emails talking about both discussing who and a shout out to discussing Trek. He says that Let's see. It says, I must say that you have brought these shows to life for me. I found your podcast when Discovery started and made the episodes, and this made the episodes so much more enjoyable. I would find myself wondering what you each would say about certain things as I was watching them. It was through discussing Trek and your mentioning of Doctor Who, me, oh, cool, that I uh, bought all seasons and started watching. I love it so, and I'm happy to have found Discussing Who. But I need you to make more podcasts as I am starting on Season 6, and I see you have just started to review Season 7. I don't want to catch up with you and watch an episode without listening to all of you on the very next day. And thank you for not adding too many spoilers, as this is my first watching. Thank you all again, Michael from Toronto. Oh, awesome. that's fabulous. Thank Sweet. you, Michael. Very cool. Very, very I'm, cool. wait, I'm waiting on my kickback from BBC on that one. That's, <laughs> there you go. Where's my uh, product code? <laughs> see, see, that's what I get for constantly finding a way to insert Doctor Who into discussing tracks. So, see, I have a purpose. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone, do you have anything else before we get into why we are here? You know, you asked me last week if I wanted to say anything about... Uh, uh, Hulanta, uh, what did uh, since I haven't heard it yet? What did you What did you do instead? What do you mean? What did I do instead? Did you Did you say What did you say about Hulanta last week? Oh, oh dear, I don't remember. I just think <laughs> probably that I said something about Lee Shackelford was wonderful. Okay, you, that's you what remember? I was say, so. Clarence, do you remember? <laughs> I can't quite remember either. But if you go to there, I, just, I would like to say that if you go to to Facebook and uh, and search for Hulanta. 2020 well for any of them in fact for for the the any of the virtual ones in the last two years um all the videos are there so uh you can you can still participate you can still uh, check those things out including the panel that i was on but uh but yeah um a interview with uh, michelle gomez for example which is very strange even though it's uh, i mean it's it's a it's a great interview but the video uh, is really really out of sync so enjoy the video and enjoy the audio. Just don't expect <laughs> don't to enjoy, enjoy them together. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, but uh, there, there are lots of other things. Uh, they're just, uh, it becomes a cornucopia of videotaped, zoomed Doctor Who goodness. So well, you know. 
even though I don't remember what I said, I will say it again just for the sake of saying, even if I didn't say it, I'll say it for the first time, which was you you represented us very well. And kudos to you, my friend. Thank you. It was a good panel. It was a good panel. All right. So I think it's time to get into the reason why we are here. And I think that it would be so appropriate for me to say at this point, if you have not seen The Angels Take Manhattan, put us on pause, go out, watch the episode, come back, because from this moment forward, spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Spoilers? What spoilers? And I killed Sparky, too. <laughs> Alrighty, the spoiler warning has gone out, and we are back to review The Angels Take Manhattan. This was the fifth episode of the 2012-2013 series of Doctor Who, first airing on the 29th of September 2012. It starred Alex Kingston as Professor River Song and features Matt Smith as the 11th Doctor and the departures of Karen Gillan as Amelia Pond and Arthur Darville as Rory Williams. It also marks the fall finale of Series 7. So some review, ladies. First, Shannon Perry. I never know what the summary view is supposed to be. It's whatever <laughs> what you want it to be. It, this is okay. your summation of what gotcha. you think in a nutshell. Okay. Uh, I love this episode. Love, love, love this episode. Um, it makes me cry. I, as a child, when I watched classic Doctor Who as a kid, I do not remember weeping at so many episodes. Like, I don't remember weeping ever. Possibly when Peter Davison left, because he was cute. But <laughs> I really don't remember bawling. And it, I, so many episodes of the current Doctor Who, since the restart, it's, you know, <laughs> I seem to spend a lot of time in tears. But it's a great episode. It's a wonderful episode. And the performances are amazing. There's just so many great scenes in this. Awesome. Clarence Brown, what say you? <laughs> Everything Shannon said, it was a wonderful ep- episode. And... Man, the the performance by Arthur Darvel in this episode is so amazing. So if you just come for that, you 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 have plenty to leave with because he just shows out. Um, I didn't really expect that. Again, like I said on every episode, this is probably only my second time seeing this one, and just so many tidbits that I didn't remember. Things that Cal has been hinting at, hinting at this entire season. What are you talking about? You know, <laughs> kind of came to fruition in this episode as well. So I, I loved every minute of it. Great episode. Lee Shackelford. Uh, I think I said on the show a couple of weeks ago that I'm not looking forward to this because I don't like this episode. Um, I haven't seen it since it aired. And it's really made me rethink what was going on in my life in 2011, 2012. That was a, that was a difficult, challenging, complex time in my life. And, um, I don't think I was in the frame of mind then to watch this episode and appreciate it because I just, I watched it four times in the last week saying, what an amazing hour oh. of Doctor Who this is. I just, I, I, I still know what one of my big beefs with it was, but it's, yeah, this is brilliant. So can't wait to talk more about it. So you don't know how, and I'm so glad we're on video because you do not understand how relieved I am to hear you say that because I have been like so trepidatious about tonight thinking, what is it that Lee doesn't like about this, you know, and finding, you know, 
the root of to what he doesn't like because you've seen it four times in the past week. Shannon, how many times have you seen it? I don't want to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> Clarence has seen it twice. I don't want to talk about it because I've probably seen it hundreds of times. And I was just sitting here watching it before we went on and I was like, oh, great. Now he wants to videotape it because my eyes are all puppy from crying again. <laughs> I will say that I have not seen it probably since we started reviewing these in order. So in the last couple of years, I haven't seen it because I wanted to go into it fresh, you know, with a little bit of distance. But... I know this episode. Like, I didn't need to make notes about this episode. I know this episode. But I love this episode. There is something in it that just kind of don't doesn't work for me. And I'm thinking it's probably what Lee is going to say. But I loved that this is. episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Clarence, I want to point something to you. You have gone on record as saying the Weeping Angels are one of your favorite New Who or Doctor Who creatures, bad guys, whatever. What do you think of the way they were used in this story overall? Thoughts? Hmm. Well, they're certainly essential to this very timey-wimey story. Uh, didn't feel as menacing in this episode for some reason, but, but definitely the way they're used and how we travel through time with them being the, the main antagonist. I, I really felt all of that, that worked really well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anytime they're on screen, I'm screen. I'm happy. Uh, it definitely made me think a lot about blink in this episode as well. Uh, so yeah, I, I enjoyed them on screen. It was, it was really great. Again, not really all that menacing, but there were some scary moments in there as well. So, you know, even from the jump, when we see the little kid in the window with his, <laughs> with his hands over his eyes, and then we, we flip to the, the weeping angel that does kind of the same thing. It's just, yeah, I was, uh, after all of that, I was ready to, to see what would happen in this episode. So yeah, they were great. All right, guys, what, for the rest of us, what do you think? How did they, how about the weeping angels? Did they work for you? I, I thought the weeping cherubs were amazing. Like the, the little <laughs> giggling oh, thing. Yeah. Those, the baby so, angels. So, so awful. Yeah, so that was cool. I, I don't know that I was totally okay with all so many different statues being pulled into being angels. Like the, the, the mother-son yes. was a little weird. Like that, she's not a weeping angel to me. Like that one didn't quite work. But I get why it was, why it was interesting and scary and fun to do. But... But I love the cherubs. Can can you expand on that one? Maybe uh, maybe I didn't catch that. Was that like some art piece I just didn't know about? <laughs> it's outside the gray. Is his name Grail? It's, it's yeah. Out, he looks out the window and there's a mother and son statue. I think it's mother and son. Oh, got you, got you. Yeah, and then he looks okay. back again and it's just the son. And he just kind of goes, oh, okay. that's weird. And closes the window like, oh, <laughs> disappearing gone. statue. Eh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and ultimately, they're the ones that come at the end to kill him. To get him. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I guess we, we, we have to mention the, uh, the 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 biggest of them all. I, I'll let Lee go, but that, that was the weird part to me. That's the one I really wasn't all that too comfortable with. But, but go ahead, Lee. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Take it. It is interesting that, that in this story, um, we get to see weeping angels that aren't angels. That apparently they, they are now transmuting somehow statues all over Manhattan yeah. into we, so that's why the mother and son can both be angels, why the cherubs can be 
angels, um, while the, the two, the, the, the three cherub faces that Rory walks past in Central Park, uh, then we could come, then we can look back and one of them is missing now. So all those things are happening, including the Statue of Liberty. And that is what I, the thing that I remember from seeing it before and thinking, that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I decided I hate this episode. So I have to, I have to back up on that because that's not enough to sink the whole episode on. But it's still a stupid idea. Yes. Agreed. 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 <laughs> it's only because I got several reasons why I think that's a stupid idea. And I bet lots of people agree with me. But the, but the main thing is, isn't one of the core rules of how weeping angels work is that they are immobilized if anybody's looking at them. Correct. When is nobody looking at the Statue of Liberty? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> when does nobody be looking? Yes. Yes, a walking around Statue of Liberty. Right. Nobody's looking at it. Right. 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 No. But I don't I'll think we're supposed to fantastic care. fantastic on this show as long as the logic is consistent. That's, that's just all. Anyway. But I think the idea here, and yes, I agree with you a million percent, but I think the idea here was the emotional undertones overweighed or outweighed or whatever the logic here. Well, one of the things that I think Moffat does brilliantly is that he he does he can do both, and that usually he he keeps logic consistent and plays the emotional moments um, and through lines perfectly as well. So mm. it's just a surprise when he just sort of uh, lets one sort of fall off the edge like that. There's there's a line of dialogue that that's in the same category that I, I want to bring up later if we're going to kind of go chronologically here. But now we can jump around in anywhere we want because I'm about to talk about Melanie Malone. So you tell okay. me what, well, you what were you going? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, but later on, the doctor says um, the reason why there are so many weeping angels there. He says they've never had a food source like this. The city that never sleeps. And I, after when I was watching it through like the third time this week, I thought for the first time, wait, what? <laughs> That's exactly the wrong idea. Yeah. The perfect place for the angels would be a place, a city where everybody sleeps, wouldn't it? Well, <laughs> not necessarily, because if they are, if if they're sending you back to the same place over and over and over, they're constantly feeding off of you. So if you, you if you have a city that doesn't have a sleep cycle, meaning that there's going to be people up at 10, 2, 4, 6, they never yeah. have, like where you go to small town Mississippi and people are asleep from 12 p.m. I mean, right. or 12 p.m. You, know, you, get, you get my point, you know. And there's millions of people there, so we're more vulnerable when we're when our eyes are closed, though, right? We're certainly True. not looking at them. True. So, yeah, yeah. logic broke. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's a throwaway. It doesn't it doesn't matter. But. No, I agree that that totally doesn't make any sense. I mean, shouldn't all of Earth just be your stomach around? I mean, right. <laughs> exactly. it, it, yeah. So I guess the question is, when does an angel become an angel? And in the sense of being awakened as the angel, do you have to look at them first before they activate, which then is a whole different episode within itself? Because that just kind of <laughs> leads you down this weird narrative. And speaking of narratives, I'm curious to know what you guys thought of this idea of using a book, Melody Malone, that they're reading in New York. What did you think? Clarence, I'll let you start with this one. What did you think? 
I liked the idea, but the more we got into the episode, I started to hate it. And it's it is not. I really like how the story progressed, where we're looking to the into this book for tidbits of the current situation. You know, we have the doctor saying that don't read too far ahead. All of that landed well once we get to those points, but it just felt like the book and the statements the doctor was making around the book kind of plays with the whole idea of the fixed point in time too much because it, it just seems like we always change those rules to where they're most convenient. So we <laughs> can't read ahead because we're going to know exactly what's happened, which I guess that does happen in this episode. It happens exactly as the book says, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just feel like we play with this fixed point in time too much. In some episodes we can break it and some we can't. Uh, you know, but as far as the book being a part of that, I thought all of that was brilliant. I thought that was brilliant. And even to find out that that's, this is a real book that you can go and buy um, made it even more cool. So, yeah, I, I, I like that idea. Shannon, what did you think? Uh, I got a little confused by what book we were we were working on, because there's the the sort of noir book at the beginning and then Melody's book. That's the one that Amy is reading. So what mm. happened to the first one and how did they how do they uh, connect or do they? I wondered about that too that it's it is a, a a a noir mystery and there's this detective Garner and Mr. Grail who turns out to be a real person. Mhm. But yeah, why is Garner in there? He's did that really happen? Is that what what right. what mm, Rivers right. telling us that that, right. that See, but, I yeah, think I wasn't clear on that either. I think we need to read the book. I Here's how I took it. I took it as Melody, the book starts the narrative of the story of him. So we're seeing a scene out of the book. And the, it's saying, you know, he's writing this book. And she ultimately picks up after the angel takes him. So that's how I uh, saw the story. Because think about it. This narrative comes from... M- River's point of view, writing Mm -hmm. this story to get them to the point of reading the book. So the book didn't per se happen. So I'm, I took it as that we're visually seeing something that was happening within the book. Within River's book. Within River's book. That's how my brain linked the two. Yeah. Yeah. And she can't have written it yet because she doesn't know how it ends. Right. Correct. Right. Correct. <laughs> Until she writes the book. It all gets very tangled up. Yeah. yeah. But speaking of tangles, this is kind of an odd non sequitur perhaps, but at one point the doctor says something about, we. I can never bring the TARDIS back to New York because there's the timelines are too tangled. Mm-hmm. Right. Could he just like park the TARDIS in New Jersey and take the train? <laughs> <laughs> like, is that allowed or does that not work? How far away do you... <laughs> The plot <laughs> most often asked about this episode because I have certainly many, many people have asked this question. Seriously? Why can't okay. this land in New Jersey? <laughs> yeah. Or even like going 1939, you know, maybe skip a few years in there. See how they're doing. That's it. Uh, That's it. Oh, I love and, that. Oh, but no, boo hoo, we're locked off from Amy and Rory forever. Yeah, and the rest of us said, but we've been to the Why? 50s. Why? <laughs> Let's just go see them 12 years later. What? <laughs> right. Well, well, and and River must have something to do with them because she sends her book to Amy to be published, right? Yeah. Right. So she somehow they're still connected. Some. 
Well, she's got the time vortex. So see, she can, she can, he can't take the TARDIS, mm. but she's got the vortex, but she could still mail it to herself. She yeah, could go say, back to 1935. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I get it, but they made such a point of him saying, I, I can never bring the TARDIS back here again. And I thought, well, okay. Go to like park it in Chicago and take a plane. <laughs> how how yeah. big is this is this uh, problem? But yeah, it, anyway. it doesn't hold up. It, it, yeah, it is a logical hole in this sense. Uh, but but, but I, she doesn't take it to her. She says this book I'm supposed to write, Melody Malone. I suppose I'm to send it to Amy to get it published. So she sends it. Right. She mails it. However, yeah. So uh, to be honest, the the writing is so good and the emotional roller coaster that you're on is so good that. None of this stuff yeah. <laughs> really appears until you've watched it a few times. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, enjoy <Yeah>. it. <laughs> so I've what? often said I feel like that's a test of good science fiction and fantasy. If you're in the parking lot walking away from the theater before you say, hey. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what about the paradox? And, you know, we're talking about the fixed point. And – Lee and Shannon, this is more f for you guys than Lee. I mean, than Clarence and I, because I want to get your writer perspectives on it. This idea of using a paradox, you can kind of get out of jail free card with it. You can do pretty much anything you want. But at the flip of that, do you write yourself into a hole by giving yourself a get, get out of jail free card? So is it like, are you having your cake and eating it too? Or what do you think? Yeah, a thing I think you can only get away with a limited number of times. And you have to mm -hmm. be clever about it, right? I mean, we accept it in this kind of thing because the writing is so good and the, the performances are so good that it just doesn't, it doesn't ruin the story. At least it doesn't for me. Like, I'm, I, and I'm one of those people who doesn't sit down and logic things through like you guys do anyway. So, but, uh, yeah. For me, I think that there's an acceptable number of times before you really can't do that anymore. Right. Yeah. If we did this every week, then, yeah. But in, in story terms, too, it seems to me that this works because the cost of using the paradox is so high. Mm -hmm. our, two of our characters will have to die to make it work. Mm -hmm. That's that's why I'm willing to buy it. Mm -hmm. And one thing I will add, you know, and pointing back to something Clarence said earlier, one of the problems and I guess not problem, but one of the thoughts I had about the fixed moment and going back and not doing not giving away any spoilers for anyone who's not seen ahead but the doctor chooses at some point to alter fixed moment specifically coming up in series seven there's a big fixed moment that the doctor decides that they will alter and so biggest. yeah the biggest moment so um yeah sometimes he does play with that However, let me say this. This was something that I'd never thought about until I started going through in review mode. Maybe part of the paradox that happens and the reason that they can't go back, specifically, remember, Dr. and Amy tried to go back and then they got sent to the graveyard the first time. And mm -hmm. then they had to go back again and try to get through. Maybe the paradox existed because Amy and Rory were already back there a second time as the Amy and Rory that goes back at the end of the story. So mm. you've got a Rory there, you've got another Rory there, and you've got another Amy trying to come in. You see what I'm saying? So maybe mm -hmm. the reason we have this distortion is because 
the ones that we know that disappear at the end were already there at the beginning. We just don't know that yet. Wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Yeah. Yeah. And in great great foreshadowing foreshadowing by putting us in a cemetery each time they tried is uh, it's pulling those heartstrings. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're, they're actually standing right next to that headstone every time they talk about it. And yeah. it's, uh, it's finally Rory who's, who takes a step back and sees what it says on it. And that creates uh. the fixed moment, seeing yeah. the name. Right. Once you know. Once you <laughs> know. That's true. Apparently. So, <laughs> yeah. but I, I know we're, we're not trying to go chronological, but there's something at, sort of at the very beginning that I wanted to, to bring up that I think is – Really interesting. All right, I kept, go for it. I kept being puzzled by it. Um, Moffat has decided to name this building Winter Key. And so there's a giant neon sign on top of it that has QUA on it. And that is a that is a British term that we just don't use over here. Mm-hmm. And I know that New York was a English city before it was American. But uh, the building is called Winter Key? QUA? Yeah. Really? Yeah. It does, did, that, did that strike you the same way? It's like, is that a... Uh, um, a little uh, a, a rare moment of American tone deafness of not realizing that we don't say that or yeah. <laughs> I thought so but, yeah I had I had the same feeling it's like we don't how many Americans would be like mm, quay hey. <laughs> hello <laughs> me that's quay yeah. hello because it was uh, this episode listening to it with earbuds that I realized it was winter key not winter quay as I've been saying for the past 12 years or after <laughs> Many long. Well, if it makes you feel any better, in Australia they say it both ways. So. Okay, well, good. Yeah. Right, but yeah, it's the dock side. I mean, we 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 would say wharf or mm-hmm. pier or dock or something like that. But yeah, we don't say key. But anyway, um, this and I noted an obscure pun, so obscure that it's probably unintentional, like the key <laughs> thing. But. Um, the doctor says that uh, the building, the Winter Key, is a charging station for the angels. It's basically a big battery. Well, that part of New York where they indicate this building is is called the battery. Battery. The, battery. the, uh, <laughs> the artillery that used to be there. So they're actually in the battery. Oh, I bet that. I bet that's intentional. Uh, it's it's pretty obscure I, joke, but I still. know that's pretty clever. That's pretty clever. Nice. Uh, can I ask a question? You most certainly may. Go for it. And this may not be the time for it, so let me know if it's not. But in an episode that you guys were talking about not too long ago, there was a mention of how much you didn't like the doctor saying to River, you embarrass me. Yes. Did and we just see the reverse of that? Yes. And, and I loved one, it. Which one came first? This one, that one came first, right? That one came first because yeah, in her timeline, she has, she has to go on a date in her timeline where she goes next is a date that lasts a long time with 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 the doctor and then she okay. has to go to a library so this is very far along in her timeline so okay. yes that that she's basically giving back to him what he gave to her so. okay cuz then i heard that i thought wait a minute we just heard that not too long ago or i remember you guys talking about it well, there's a lot of book ending in this episode, and I feel like that's that's deliberate. Uh, a, a lot of things that get repeated. Um, I'm changing the future. It's called marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, that gets said twice. Mm-hmm. And things like that. So, so, le- so let's use that what you just said because that's my next talking point. Rory's decision. Rory's sacrifice. And Clarence, I want to ask you. What did you think of Rory, the man who dies over and over? Deciding he's going to die again. But only this time, 
the one he's been dying for chooses to die with him. Wow. Need a little help here. <gasps> just stop it. No, just think it through. This will work. This will kill the angels. It will kill you too. Will it? River said that this place would be erased from time, never existed. This, this place never existed. Why did I fall off? You think you'll just come back to life? When don't I? Rory! Oh, anyway, what else is there? Die of old age downstairs, never seeing you again. Amy, please, if you love me, then trust me and push. I can't. You have to! Could you? If it was me, could you do it? To save you, I could do anything. I mean, Arthur Donald was just showing out on that scene on the ledge. I'm like, wow, he is really digging deep with this. It's just amazing. And again, like you say, he's just always willing to make that sacrifice for his woman, his lady. So really, really great. And I kind of like how they showed the whole transition of when they actually go through with it. It felt sort of like the Back to the Future thing. When we see the paradox play out, you know, we didn't have to see them <laughs> or hear them. <laughs> it kind of just fades as we know the inevitable is going to happen and we just transition to them waking up. So, but, but yeah, of course, I mean, always willing to make the sacrifice. And Lee, you're always talking about how awesome Arthur Darvill is, is acting. And I mean, I think this is just like some of the best stuff we've seen him do. And, you know, we keep referencing the music. Remember when we were going to the Asylum of the Daleks and they have that scene that you guys didn't like where, and, and Lee, I know you especially didn't like it, where you have Amy and Rory having this um, divorce and they're, she's being so rude to him, et cetera, and so forth. The music that they're playing, and I, I kept saying I, I really g- liked it because of the music. That's the same music that we hear as they're falling oh, off wow. the ledge. So the emotional beat for me was knowing falling off the ledge music. So when I see Asylum and I'm hearing that music, I don't care what they're saying to each other because I know what's coming, mm. you know? Yeah, but you have to care what people are saying to each other. I, that, 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 doesn't, that argument does not wash for me at all. That just, that just doesn't work. But My reality, my rules. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, your <laughs> rules. But... Um, yeah, I, if I, I I hear Nicole Maz's voice in my head because uh, she she is very often the one to wave a flag, uh, to throw a flag on the field about things like this. Um, how do we feel about it being okay that this couple commits suicide in the show? Mm, yeah, that was a lot. Mm-hmm. It 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 shows the amount of sacrifice there, <laughs> obviously, but yeah, it's still weird to see. It's weird to see in Doctor Who that they're sacrificing themselves like this, you know, mm-hmm. um, it, it, al- although the, the scene was excellent and the words said were excellent, it did make me feel funny as I saw them go through with this. And, and because the words are so beautiful, if you were, um, if you, if you were vulnerable in that way, wouldn't you say, my God, he's right. This is the way to, to deal with, um, what life is throwing at you. Yeah. If I have to spend my life in that room, right. you know, the reality yeah, exactly. that yeah. I don't want, you know, right. this is what I'm willing to do. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. it's the problem with, with, with writing drama, isn't it? It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, 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 you never want to give somebody a reason to, to say, yeah, harming myself is a great idea. 
So let me ask Shannon this. The fact that it was a paradox and it didn't happen, does that negate what happened? Uh, I, unfortunately, <laughs> I think the people who we are concerned about would not necessarily make that connection. You know, I think, again, we're just making death look like a way out. Yeah. And I think I, that is problematic. And, and I don't know if this one, uh, there was an episode once where they ended with the suicide hotline. We talked about, you guys talked about mm. it on the show one time that you were very pleased that they ended the episode with the, um, the oh, number yeah, of the suicide hotline. Oh, yeah, that was in series 11 or 12, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I still think that would, you know, that would be a very good idea here. Um, I think the fact that it is a paradox and we know pretty much that they're going to be okay, I don't know that that negates much. The part that got me, that killed me, was when he takes, he goes to take her hands, he takes one hand and puts it here. And you think it's it's on his heart and it's very sweet. And then he says, I'm going to need some help. And you realize he wants her to push. Oh, and man. it's like, yeah. that's a different, that's very right. different. That's a yes. different ask. <laughs> yes, it is. Let me do this versus help me, help do, me this. do this. That's a very different ask. And so, that, that makes the question that the guys just ask so much more. Whatever mm -hmm. more is, it makes it so much more. You right. know? I mean, it makes it clear that he doesn't want to die, that this is not a, a choice he's making because it's, a, it's his preference. It's a choice that's he's true. making because it's the only option, or at least that's the way he perceives it. But um, I don't know if that makes it better or worse or indifferent. No, I, I think it makes yeah. it much more more. And again, I don't know what more is. Right. You know, more, more I think yeah. is <laughs> open to interpretation, but more. Well, wow. I'll change the subject to something happier. Than, uh, <laughs> as, a, as a Sherlock Holmes fan, I was tickled to, to note uh, Moffat being a Sherlockian. Um, he makes sure that one of the chapters in the Melody's book is called The Dying Detective, which mm -hmm. is uh, one of the Sherlock Holmes stories. And when they go to China... They arrive at the year that Emperor Chen came to power, the year 221-B-C. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah. But speaking of the book, the doctor doesn't like endings. And River specifically says, never let him see you age. And Clarence, I mean, not Clarence Lee, we've made reference to me not liking endings. You know, I don't watch certain last episodes of things so that I have something in the box that I can refer back to. What do you think is the reason the doctor doesn't like endings? I don't know. And I've, I've been thinking about this a lot that, um, yeah, at the risk of getting too heavy again, <laughs> like, like we weren't just talking about suicide a minute ago. I, I'm, I'm at, at a place in my life, and the details are not uh, not necessary, where I'm thinking about um, losing someone close to me. I think about it a lot. And going through that process is important. Um, well, we just had the anniversary, the 39th anniversary, for God's sake, of uh, Wrath of Khan. So I watched that again. And, of course, that has spoilers <laughs> for a 39 year old movie the death of mr spock and uh, and um, all an ending with captain kirk saying i feel i feel young because he's finally done it he's finally faced death instead of playing around with it the way he always has in the past and i think part of what that movie says and part of what i'm trying to take into my own life right now is that endings are important uh they're good um but i also understand why the doctor doesn't doesn't want them 
And don't you think that for, you know, a 990 whatever he is time traveler, he's probably seen more than his share of them? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think yeah. maybe he's just sort of maxed out on Good on reason endings. to not like him. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe when he says he doesn't like them, it doesn't mean that he can't. Right. And I think we learn later that the doctor learns to accept that in one of his later incarnations because he says something to the effect at some point everything ends and it is sad but then everything begins again and it's happy be happy that's true so yeah that is that does sound like growth of the character um or at least a different different character it may may have taken about 1100 years to get there but but, (laughs) yeah he eventually gets there (laughs) but it's a big one no uh, Yeah, I don't know, but I would certainly never ter- tear the last page out of a book. But no. before we get, <laughs> real quick, before we get to the last page. Amy, what are you doing? That gravestone, Rory's, there's room for one more name, isn't there? What are you talking about? Back away from the angel, come back to the TARDIS, we'll figure something out. The angel, would it send me back to the same time to him? I don't know, nobody knows. But it's my best shot, yeah? No! Doctor, shut up! Yes, yes, it is! Amy, well, I just have to blink, right? No! It'll be fine. I know it will. I'll, I'll, I'll be with him like I should be. Me and Rory together. Melody, stop it! Just, just stop it! You look after him. And you be a good girl and you look after him. You are creating fixed time. I will never be able to see you again. I'll be fine. Stop with him. Amy, please. Just come back into the target. Come with me, please. <laughs> My question to you guys is Amy's farewell. Clarence, we get back into the graveyard. Everything is hunky-dory. Let's go to the pub. Does it have video games? I love video games. Thoughts? What did you think of that scene? Oh, man. Um, You can see it all on the doctor's face in that moment. And what I loved about it is that river knew what the right decision was. Mm-hmm. Although we knew yeah. it would pain the doctor. We had this other voice of reason over here saying, let her go. Let's hey, let her go be with a guy, you know, um, not a death sentence in this case, but going to live out the rest of her life with the man she loves. And it's painful for the doctor, of course, but to river, I, I just love the fact that river was there egging her on. Uh, even though we knew it would hurt the doctor and, and that's, that's, you know, it had to happen. It had to happen. And um, I don't know. I was, I guess I was more, a, a bit more happy about Amy leaving than I think Rory's, you know, eventually turning and zapping away is a bit sadder to me <laughs> because it was all of a sudden, but we, we got to see Amy actually talk it out. And especially when we get to the, the last page, and we get some last words from her as well. So um, I, I thought it played out perfectly. All right. So, Shannon, the motivations behind the doctor, let's take it the other direction. 
where do you think the doctor's mind was? What was his motivation for being the opposite of what River's saying is, you know, no, you know, um, she asked, um, you know, the, the angel, it will take me back to the same place with Rory. And, you know, he says, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's like, come back into the TARDIS, come along pond, trying to, you know, pull her back in. Motivation, thought. Mm, just not ready to see that end, I think. And I mean, they have for some number of episodes uh, been pulling back from him a little bit, right? And I think mm-hmm. he's already started to feel how much pain this is going to cause. He already has some inkling of the depth of the pain this is going to cause, losing them both. Um, I thought it was interesting that when the two of them uh, jump off the building, he calls Amy's name, but never calls Rory's. Mm-hmm. And, I didn't notice that. Yeah. And I always feel so bad for Rory. It's like, oh, he died again. He'll be back, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> but, He's used you know, to it. Yeah. So, so while he is, I think, sad to see Rory go, Rory is... I don't know, in some ways convenient for the doctor. I'm not entirely sure with their relationship, how deep it goes, but, but he genuinely loves Amy and has loved her since she was a little girl. And I, I think he's just not ready to see that end, particularly in a way that is a, is brutal and sudden and sharp. Like I think the way that the way that that ending happens with Rory just suddenly disappearing is amazing. Like that is so brilliantly done. It was, it just, I remember just barking like a dog, went, what? you know, when she got so, what the hell just happened there? And then when she turns and says goodbye and then she disappears, it's just breathtakingly good writing and good storytelling, I think. Yes. All right, Lee, what say ye? Oh, uh, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> the, the Amy uh, scene, the goodbye scene with Amy, any thoughts? Doctor's motivation. And the doctor's motivation. Yes. Well, it's a it's a terrible it, from from a script writing point of view. It's completely brilliant, I think, to to put her in the position of literally being between where Roy just went and where the doctor is behind her, and she's looking where Rory was, and the doctor saying, "Come back. You have to just just take my hand, and we will just go away." And you know that's what she's always done in the past. But she she can't. She can't do that. And so she knows she has to make up her mind then and there. This mm-hmm. is the end. Yeah. It's fabulous. It's just you, terrific. Do not make me cry. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, when you guys while you guys were talking, I was going back and pulling out my quote from The Power of Three. And I we keep talking about, you know, Shannon, I think what, I'm not sure which one of you just mentioned that. The doctor didn't even mention Rory's name. Mm-hmm. He didn't call out. Here's what the doctor says in the previous episode to Amy. She she asked, why do you keep coming back? And he says, because you were the first, the first face this face saw. And you were seared onto my heart, Samelia Pond. I'm running to you and Rory before you fade from me. It's just like, wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's lived a lot of lives, but as far as this one knows, mm-hmm. it's all about Amy. Yeah. yeah. From the very beginning, the 11th hour. So, yeah. Fish sticks and custard. Yes. <laughs> uh, additionally, we got the foreshadowing of the chapter that the doctor read. Uh, I think it said Amelia's Farewell may have been mm-hmm. the name of it. So Afterward. this whole episode, I think that was the... That last scene was like the culmination of all, this entire episode. He's been thinking 
<sighs> fixed point. We we've read it. We make maybe we can change it. Then we have River faking the the the, the broken hand and yeah. Uh, he's he's he saw it coming the whole way and he was doing fighting to avoid the inevitable and uh, yeah. that's another thing that made that that last scene really heartbreaking as well. So to step out and go meta for a second, do you know about the Easter egg that's on this tombstone? No, but I know an Easter egg for the 11th hour that I'll say, but Easter egg for the 11th, I mean, for the tombstone, tell me. Um, it says that um, Rory lived to be 82 and that Amelia lived to be 87. 87, yeah. The actors were born in 1982. And 87. And 87. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. Wow. Wow. So, so, so let me say this real quick, and I'm, I'm going to say it quickly because I don't want to get emotional. The uh, the comment that she says, River, to no, that Amy says to River about you be a good girl, mm-hmm. that had a little bit of an extra for me because that is. Ah. Should we come back to you and you? No, 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 no. I can do it. <laughs> My grandmother, that's the last thing she said to me wow. was you be a good boy. Yeah. Aww. So not you be a good girl. But no, not be a, no, a different regeneration. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but yeah, that but but the last time I saw her and like she died two days later, but the last thing she said to me was, You be a good boy. So mm. Well and it's always been so interesting with, with Amy and River because their apparent ages make it appear that River is mom and Of course, yeah. yes. And is a daughter and it's the other way around. So yeah, I, I thought it's a it's a huge moment in their story where either of them says to the other, "You be a good girl." <laughs> yeah, literally. All right, so the eleventh hour. Let's let let's take it a different, lighter tone here for a second. The eleventh <laughs> hour. I, I mentioned that there was something hidden in the eleventh hour. Does anybody know what? What is the eleventh hour? The I'm first confused. episode of Matt Smith. Oh, okay. that that Sorry. that Amy was introduced. Does anybody know what it is? If not, I've been waiting since we reviewed mm-hmm. the eleventh hour to tell you. I think I know what you're talking about, but but do tell. All right, tell me what. No, no, no. Tell me what you think. Are, are you talking about when the doctor goes back to see Amelia at the end? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The scene that is in the very end where we see. Uh, and this is how it ends. You know, this is the story of Amelia Pond, and this is how it ends. That scene is right after it is also shown 55 minutes and 43 seconds into the 11th hour. It is after he's met small Amelia, and even after he has had the Atraxi go away, and he's gone to the TARDIS, and he's about to go pick up Amy. And then they all of a sudden, for about four seconds, they show the scene that they showed at the end of this episode. Oh, wow. So, and and Moffat is, uh, and I found the quote, um, after showing Amelia Pond in the garden as a young girl in the 11th hour, Karen's first episode, the final shot in Saturday's The Angels Take Manhattan is a punchline I have been waiting to tell for two and a half years. Nice. So here's the question. Does this episode change the way we see Amy? And what I mean by that is if he goes back and tells Amelia all the things that we know he tells Amelia, does she not go into everything, even having a 
back of our subconscious memory of all the things that are going to happen. Amy urges him to go back and tell her Mm -hmm. stories. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I wondered that too. If he actually does that, doesn't that change the future? Or did she know all along and just never say it? Or is she just an eight-year-old girl who hears a bunch of stories? Yeah, maybe so. And that's why she. <laughs> that's and that's why she's biting her psychiatrists and so on. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Well, that's why she was so impatient. If somebody comes and tells me you've got a ton of adventures waiting for you, and then I have to wait till whenever, like, are you yeah. kidding me? Let's go. And remember, it's very important that when you finally see him, hit him with a cricket bat. <laughs> That's part of the story. Right. Oh, man. Can't make that unhappen. Uh, All right. I've got a big question about this episode that I, I really want to ask if we got time. Please, we absolutely. Talk about it. When River gets herself out of the you know, the deadlock with the weeping angel, she says she's okay. She's, she figured out a way out of it. She lies. Because she doesn't want to hold anybody up and she doesn't want to – she wants to demonstrate, if I'm understanding this right, that, that we're not stuck to what's in the book, right? Right. Her wrist did not have to get broken, but she's lying. She did break her wrist. And when the doctor learns this, he he demonstrates that he has the superpower that I've always wanted. You know, people always ask, would you want to be invisible or fly <laughs> No, what I'd want, I'd want to be able to heal people with a touch. That's the superpower I'd want. Well, he, he fixes her wrist, and she's angry. You embarrass I, me, as Shannon said. And I feel like this is something, I feel like I need the help of someone who understands a woman's point of view. So for once, I can really do that. Clarence, can you explain <laughs> to me? You were going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I'm sorry. I was going to do it if you didn't. So. I was low-hanging fruit. But Clarence? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, Shannon, is is it? Do, I, I I I honestly don't get it. What? And Amy sides with River. She says, "Stick to the science." I don't understand what he did that was wrong. Well, That's what I would have done, and apparently, I would have been wrong. Well, doesn't he have a finite amount of regeneration energy? Well, so and did I, she. Yeah, but. She did, the same thing. she did the same thing. Right. Well, I would take it one step further to but say she, she did more. She, yes, she did. I think she gave them all up. Yes. Yeah, but the world needs the doctor, right? That's we, the universe needs the doctor pretty much at all costs. Oh, by that. Mm -hmm. Right. And, Have they and, talked about this, though, by now? Doesn't she know that he's, he's, uh, he's out? Spoilers. <laughs> now, I'm just I, saying that's, that's what she question. was saying. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe so. that's a spoiler that he doesn't share i don't know or maybe she knows that that's not really gonna happen that way hmm. but she says you embarrass me mm. because he was being sentimental rather than logical he made a decision based on emotion rather than logic and that's you know the doctor's not supposed to do or she just said that is to say you said that to me now look here i get an opportunity to say it to you i know he deserves it to get in the yes. back again but yeah if I had a, a if I had a crisis going on like uh, the Angels taking Manhattan, and I had this walking, talking, fighting force like River Song, I'd want her wrist to be fixed. Yeah, fair enough. I think that's logical. I yeah. just yeah. So, especially but, it's the right hand. So. There exactly, go. yeah. Her dominant but, hand. And she slaps him with it. I just I don't understand. Yeah. Hmm. I read that is is that she was she was mad or upset that she couldn't 
change sustained the illusion mm. oh. of giving him hope. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I, I felt that that's the only reason she was mad after he healed her is that she was faking it to give him hope that whatever is going to happen to Amy is not going to happen. And she was mad about that. Mm. I like that. That, that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. You blew it for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had this figured out and you blew it for me. Yeah. I, I kind of like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I, I, there you go. Mm. I'll take that. <laughs> All right. So as we're, you know, going to run out of time here, literally, let's just say that we're getting to the, you ready for it? Last page. Mm. So <laughs> questions. What did you guys think of this page? And if anybody wants to read it, I'll be glad to, because, you know, I, I like <laughs> things. So uh, any thoughts on the last page? That scene? And- this, this is a great gift. It's a, a note that you find from a loved one. It's the voice message you find on your phone that you forgot was there. It's, um, it's good closure uh, for the doctor. Yeah, especially since he knows they did find each other. And there was there was a risk that they would miss each other, and yeah. you know that that her trip back would be in vain. Yeah, so. Mm. But how interesting when he 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 deliberately did that because he said he doesn't like endings, and then he scrambles for it <laughs> to find out what the ending was because that ending was important to him. You know, literally, it was important. So, and I'm, I, I promise I'm not changing the subject, but I think it's it's great because. The whole episode has, I noticed this time, been full of um, sort of greatest hits, you know? It's, um, and you get the feeling that we're, we're wrapping it up, that we're, we're summing up the season so far. There's River Song with her vortex manipulator. There's the whole psychic paper routine in a, mm-hmm. in a foreign culture. There's the phrase timey-wimey. There's Rory being chased around by something in the dark. There's and the, uh, the visual effect of a language being translated by the TARDIS. There's mm-hmm. a there's an old foe being captured by being tortured by his captor, just like uh, the Dalek, the Dalek yeah. that the Ninth mm-hmm. Doctor first saw. Uh, there's a bit of dialogue that sets somebody up to say, in all innocence, Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just feel like, oh, this is almost like this is going to be the last episode of the series. I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then he's going to go read that last page that he tore out of the book Mm -hmm. so let me say that the angels take manhattan was the last televised live action story to feature matt smith dressed in the 11th doctor's brown tweed jacket it would also be the last time we would see the title sequence as it is seen from the matt smith era like this so that this is a um couple of last things that happen in this episode Mm. In addition to that. So you're right. It was the end of an era because, you know, we have clarity coming in our next <laughs> uh, episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's get to favorite quote or favorite scene. To me, they're the same thing. But uh, yeah. favorite quote. Ladies first, Shannon, favorite quote. <laughs> Clarence. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I can't decide. I have lots. Um, I loved the, the the sort of noir beginning where the guy says, New York, the city of a million stories. Half of them are true. The other half just haven't happened yet. Mm. I love that. And then something about 
Mr. Grail was the scariest man I knew. If something scared him, I kind of wanted to shake its hand. <laughs> I love that. I love and then that. my third choice. <laughs> no, I'll let you guys go first, and then if nobody says it, I'll do my third. <laughs> All right. Clarence, what's yours? Um, so when the doctor finally makes it to where River is, uh, he says, sorry I'm late, honey. Traffic was hell. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. <laughs> so good. So good. Especially so after good. we've seen that, that really cool effect of the TARDIS hitting 1938 and bouncing off. Yeah. yeah. I just <laughs> love that. Lee? My yours? favorite line in this episode, you know, hands down and bar none, is yes, the wrist is pretty bad, too. Mm. 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 All right. So you, I'll make this quick, but but bear with me, and I am not reading my notes, okay? So just okay. saying that ahead of time. Do you know it by heart. Yes. All right, here we go. Afterward, by Amelia Williams. Hello, old friend, and here we are, you and me, together again on the last page. By the time you read these words, Rory and I will be long gone, but know that we lived well and that we were very happy, and above all else, we shall love you always. Oh, crap. I can't believe I don't know this. Okay, but sometimes I do worry about you, though. I worry that after you're gone, you won't be coming back here for a while, and that you should be alone, for which you should never be. Don't be alone, Doctor. And do one more thing for me. There's a little girl waiting in a garden. She'll be waiting a long while, and she'll need a lot of hope. Go to her. Tell her a story. Tell her that if she's patient, the days will come that she will never forget. Tell her that she will go to sea and fight pirates. She'll fall in love with a man who will wait 2,000 years just to keep her safe and save a well in outer space and give hope to the greatest painter who ever lives or something like that. Tell her this is the story of Amelia Pond, and this is how it ends. Almost got it. That was lovely. You got it. Mm. Ah. Woohoo. I can Beautiful. do that whenever I'm not like on point, but <laughs> right. anyway. We are in your shower. Can you I know? do my yeah, third exactly. one? Yes, please do. <laughs> we need your runner-up. <laughs> this is the runner-up. You think you, you'll just come back to life? When don't I? <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> We'd have been disappointed if he hadn't said that. Right. <laughs> Favorite scene. Shannon Perry. Favorite scene. Oh, man. You know, so many things. But I think actually the, the jump scene with all of its problems and with the <laughs> grimacing Statue of Liberty in the back. <laughs> Just the, the conversation between Rory and Amy, I think, is really quite wonderful. Awesome. Clarence Brown. In addition to, to that scene that Shannon just mentioned, I also really love the scene of the TARDIS very chaotically entering Grail's mansion. I just <laughs> I just loved how <laughs> it eventually got there. Yeah. <laughs> Bam, bang, crack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And my favorite scene is the one that immediately follows because I always love the flirting banter with the Doctor and River and Professor River Song. Right. Thank you very much. And just this, it's, it's a, it, that's a great, great scene that the two of them get to play. So. so my favorite scene was, of course, the Raggedy Man goodbye, specifically that scene. I j just thought it was awesome. Awesome, mm -hmm. awesome, awesome. So final rating, I will start. I'm going to give it, you know what? I'm going to give something that I've never given before. I'm going to give it a 5.5. Five Raggedy Man goodbyes, point five for Lee liking it and making me happy that he liked it. So there I am, 5.5. Shannon Perry, what say you? Five noir novels out of five. Awesome. <laughs> Clarence Brown, what say you? 
Five time paradoxes out of five. <laughs> Ooh, good one. I think we're pretty consistent in our rating. Mine is five yowzas out of five. Yowzas. <laughs> oh, don't say yowzas. <laughs> so says I. Awesome. All right. So, gentlemen and lady, we are at the closing. For everyone watching or listening, thank you. We've enjoyed it. So, closing and I will ask you guys to tell me something that you are watching or reading that you would like to share with the listeners. And Lee, I've been calling on you last, it seems, so I'm going to call on you first. Something you're watching or reading that you would like to share. I'm, I'm, I know I'm going to butcher the, uh, the name of it, but uh, my wife and I have uh, discovered... Apparently, Denmark's most popular TV series in in the U.S. It's or in <laughs> in English. It's called Seaside Hotel, and I was going to try to say it in in Danish, but I can't. But anyway, uh, if you if you don't mind watching a show that's in a foreign language, and um and and reading the subtitles in English, you uh, we're just entranced by it. Not everybody's cup of tea, but it is a it is a domestic drama. It is um sort of Downton Abbey light. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> anyway, I'm just, yeah, I, 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 I think about it all the time. <laughs> Seaside Hotel. Seaside Hotel. All right. Clarence Brown, what about you? Oh, man. I don't know if I've been watching or reading much of anything lately other than tech documents for work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Technical journalists, don't you ever relax? Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> I am relaxing. <laughs> this is good reading. No, um. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say uh, I really don't have a recommendation on that, but I am looking forward to watching Cobra Kai, which everybody is telling me is fantastic. So hopefully I have something to report back on that soon, because that's what's next on my bucket list to, to dive into Cobra Kai on Netflix. All right. Shannon, what about you? Uh, lately, I've been going back and rewatching um, and watching some of the stuff for the first time that I apparently missed uh, the show Hustle. Mm, okay. Not the greatest of sexual politics where the female <laughs> character is concerned, but it is it is a fun show and it's light and very funny and I enjoy it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I don't really know what I'm watching lately. I think I feel like I'm watching so much, but I will say that I am actually looking forward to the first episode of Loki from Disney mm. Plus. I think it comes out tomorrow. So I, as of this recording, I'm sure it will have been out by the time this goes out. But uh, yeah, Loki. So that is what I am looking forward to. So for everyone listening, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Whatever, however medium you got us. And I just hit my mic. But anyway, uh, I, I say this is the end of the episode. And this is the story of how it ends. Afterward, by Amelia Williams. Hello, old friend. And here we are, you and me, on the last page. By the time you read these words, Rory and I will be long gone. So know that we lived well and were very happy. And above all else, know that we will love you always. Sometimes I do worry about you, though. I think... 
Once we're gone, you won't be coming back here for a while. And you might be alone, which you should never be. Don't be alone, Doctor. And do one more thing for me. There's a little girl waiting in a garden. She's going to wait a long while, so she's going to need a lot of hope. Go to her, tell her a story. Tell her that if she's patient, the days are coming that she'll never forget. Tell her she'll go to sea and fight pirates. She'll fall in love with a man who'll wait 2,000 years to keep her safe. Tell her she'll give hope to the greatest painter who ever lived and save a whale in outer space. Tell her this is the story of Amelia Pond. And this is how it ends. You've been listening to The Discussing Network. Find out more at discussingnetwork.com.